Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back into our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now here is the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome everybody. All right, today we're talking about miscarriage, uh, hope to devastation and healing. And it's sad to say, but miscarriages take place on a daily basis in this world quite often. And uh, it's really hard to come to grips with it, especially if it goes all the way to the to a stillborn. And uh, there's people that have had that repeatedly in their life, um, and, which is extremely difficult for them to cope with. And so I wanted to put this show together for those folks that have experienced this kind of stuff because they don't know how to heal. And it's really hard. Um, you know, a miscarriage is a real loss and it can affect you physically, emotionally, spiritually. Uh, those who haven't experienced a miscarriage may not understand just how deeply it is affecting you because people rarely talk openly about pregnancy loss. And, and the interesting thing is that after you've lost a baby, a woman's body still cycles through the pregnancy cycle in a sense of the chemistry. And so they're out of balance for quite a long time because their body thinks they're pregnant, but they're not. You know, often people don't view pregnancy loss as significant because the pregnancy was short. But the duration of a pregnancy really does not determine the bond that you would feel with a baby that you've lost. And there's a lot of research that shows there's no relationship between the length of time a woman was pregnant and how long she will grieve the loss of the child. What is known is that grieving is a very normal and healthy response to pregnancy loss. And for some women, physical and emotional healing happens fairly quickly. For others, it can take a long time. Months, even even in a year. And for many women, although their grief will become less acute over time, miscarriage is a loss that always carries with them. And the people in your life may not understand that. They might not even know that. And most doctors have little or no training in providing grief support or counseling. So their training is in finding a cure or fixing the pain, which may mean suggesting a timeline they feel is appropriate for you to try again. And so friends and family may often uh, have this similar urge to help you move past the pain, either because it makes them uncomfortable or they don't like to see you hurting, or maybe both. And and they may also suggest that trying to uh, conceive would be the best heal for you. But healing doesn't come from simply moving on. Healing comes from facing the feelings and the questions you have at that time and moving through them at a pace that feels right for you. Not because people you trust or love are telling you it's oh, it's time. Trying to short circuit the pain and anger or move on without processing your emotions can let them fester and last even longer. You want to try for a subsequent pregnancy or feel you need to break from that. Only you can decide when you're ready to move into the next steps of your life. And you choose when you're ready. And that's big. You know, in the meantime, 
it may help to come up with a simple answer for people who ask what happened and a response that feels right for you for those times when someone suggests you should move past where you are or try for another pregnancy. But, you know, it, it, it can be as simple as just saying thank you um, or something more involved, such as I'm not ready now or but I, but I look forward to the day that I do feel ready. Or if you'd like someone to listen, what I really need is some time to experience and talk about all the emotions I'm having. This is important. Then follow that advice. And I know that people feel like a failure, like they've they've done something wrong when they have a miscarriage or maybe God's against them or, you know, they take all kinds of different positions that they're in a one down position compared to another woman who's had healthy babies, you know. The bottom line is you cannot compare yourself to anybody. You know, give yourself the time to heal physically, emotionally, spiritually. You did nothing wrong. Eat well. You know, get some rest. Take walks. Confide in friends who will listen without trying to fix you. You're not broken and you're you're just grieving. And, and one day it will feel easier than it does today. But the memory, the memory will probably linger for your whole life. And that's just kind of the way it is. You know, it may be valuable for you to examine this idea as it relates to your life. And equally important would be for you to develop positive, supportive others who could offer a sense of presence. And and that means just being there with you. In this regard, you know, a, a really good trusting relationship with a therapist, therapist can also be valuable or even your minister if you feel close to them. You need to take stock of what you really enjoy doing, what your passions are, what your interests are, what kind of people offer you uh, the the goodest fit for the time you're in, you know, and and then give yourself permission to pursue the activities and the people to find the place and the group that offers you a true sense of belonging. And that may not be the people you normally hang out with, you know. It, this pregnancy often evokes a deep sense of grief, uh, feelings of guilt, shame, failure, loneliness if it's failed, if the pregnancy is turned into a miscarriage. And they're both natural and it's common to develop depression and anxiety afterwards. You know, when parents-to-be discover a pregnancy, they begin to envision a life with their future child. And they may name the baby, prepare the house for its arrival, daydream about time the family will spend together. And then being forced to let go of those expectations and hopes is really painful. You know, medical questions can also contribute to emotional distress. Doctors often can't provide a definite explanation for the loss, you know, which can lead to anxiety, self-doubt, feeling betrayed by your body. You know, in addition to the physical toll a miscarriage sometimes takes, women who miscarry have an elevated risk of miscarrying in, a, in another pregnancy, which can lead to intense anxiety throughout the, fo- you know, the following pregnancies that, oh, no, am I going to lose this one? Am I going to lose this one? You know, uh, pregnancy loss, despite its prevalence, you know, prevalence, it still seems to be shrouded in silence. You know, a couple may not feel justified sharing the extent of their grief. Or a friend may believe that it would be rude to inquire, which can really compound feelings of loneliness. Yet sharing the experience can be tremendously helpful and healing, opening up to loved ones, even guiding them as a response or a support that you need can help release the loneliness and the grief. You know, friends and family should not shy away from asking about the experience. It won't make the person feel worse. 
and they will simply uh, decline to discuss if they prefer. And by the way, it's very interesting, but that kind of a thing, uh, that, that kind of grieving also takes place with men. So it's not just women. Men also grieve after a miscarriage. You know, pregnancy loss is also, you know, the, difficult for the dad. You know, men may even experience the same sense of loss, grief, but feel like they should appear strong for their partner. And so they silence their emotions or channel them into work. Discussing the experience, especially if members of a, a couple uh, grieve differently, can sustain the relationship through the loss. And it's important. You know, there's a lot of myths. You know, there was a survey of about 1,000 American women and men between 18 and 69, 15% of whom reported that they or their partner experienced one or more miscarriages, found that Americans are really misinformed about the facts of a miscarriage, you know, uh, especially uh, uh, pregnancy loss up to 20 weeks, which is a fetal gestational age. And so, you know, th there's some myths out there, and here's one of them. Miscarriages are rare. Research has found that close to two-thirds of their sample believed this to be true, with 55% believing miscarriages occurred 5% or less of pregnancies. Men are 2.5 times more likely to believe this than a woman. Also, the truth is that miscarriages are the most common complication of a pregnancy, occurring between 15 to 20% of clinically recognized pregnancies. You know, that's one in five. Uh, and so, you know, probably even higher is miscarriages uh, most occur even before seven weeks of pregnancy can occur even before a woman knows she's pregnant. The fact that pregnancy loss is typically a taboo topic in our culture may contribute to the misunderstanding that many women are advised not to share news of a pregnancy with family and friends until the beginning of the second trimester because miscarriage is frequent or many have uh, superstitious beliefs about jinxing the pregnancy if it is disclosed too early. So many women who do miscarry may not receive the support they need and feel quite isolated and alone, especially if they have this silent partner who, who doesn't seem to be reacting and he thinks he's being the strong one. You know, you know miscarriages are also caused by stress. 76% believe this uh, in, that, in that research sample of 1,000 people. And, and, you know, lifting something heavy, 64% believe that that could have something to do with it. You know, having a sexually transmitted disease, 41% of them believe that that caused it. You know, uh, um, prior uh, use of an IUD, 28%. Oral contraceptives, 22% of them believe that that caused it. You know, if you're in an argument with somebody, 21% of the people believe that that is what caused a miscarriage. Or lifestyle choices such as alcohol or cigarettes during pregnancy, 22% believe that. You know, the truth is that miscarriages are most commonly 60% of the time due to a crota, uh, chromosomal problem where, you know, they have the incorrect number of uh, chromosomes present or other causes can be related to the mother's health, including structural abnormalities of the uterus or her having uh, uh, endocrine or an uh, autoimmune disorder. 
these misconceptions about causes of miscarriages can really lead other people to ask questions or make comments that suggest the loss was somehow the woman's fault. And women are prone to blame themselves inaccurately for something that is completely out of their control. You know, uh, most women do not feel sad or upset by miscarriage. That's a myth. You know, the truth is that there can be a great deal of sadness in an experiencing a miscarriage. Respondents who, who have experienced a miscarriage, 66% reported that the impact of a loss of a child to miscarriage is an emotionally severe as losing a child that has already been born. And there's, there's also feelings of guilt and self-blame and believing that they've done something wrong. And, and that thought process causes them to isolate and become more alone. They feel shame. They feel a sense that their bodies are betrayed them. And it must be noted that some women uh, do feel relieved, however, because they knew something was wrong with the pregnancy or because the pregnancy wasn't wanted. You know, whether you feel whatever it is, remember that your emotions are never, ever, ever wrong. Knowing the cause of a miscarriage is pointless. That's what a lot of people think. That's a myth. It's a myth. The truth is that 78% of the respondents of those thousand people wanted to know the cause of their miscarriage. Even if no intervention could have prevented it from occurring, you know, a lot of these folks believed that they'd done something wrong when a cause for the miscarriage was found. And so, you know, since the doctors often do not give you the answer of why uh, a miscarriage took place, we're just kind of left with no closure. And it's sad. It's sad. And, and there does need to be better science to identify what may have caused a miscarriage. So people do not end up blaming themselves and filling in the answers with that, whatever their imagination gives them. You know, that can be very unhealthy. You know, but as a, a respondent, the truth is, is that the silence and the secrecy is really a massive culprit to a lot of mental health issues for people that have experienced um, miscarriage. Parents report feeling less alone when others share their own miscarriages. That's comforting. And maybe you don't have friends that can share that information. Maybe you need to go to a blog where people share information that have that in common with each other. You know, um, acknowledging someone's loss and being available to listen to them can really, truly help. And saying things such as, you can always try again, at least you know you can get pregnant. You know, if you adopt, you'll get pregnant. You'll get pregnant. Uh, it happened for a reason. It's God's plan. It wasn't even a baby yet. Even if you think you are trying to be comforting, you're usually minimizing and just diminishing that person's feelings of loss over a particular baby. And, and the frequency of these comments is reported by lots of people demonstrates how misguided people in our society are in reacting to pregnancy loss. And it is probably best simply say, I'm so sorry for your loss and listen to whatever they wish to share without probing. In addition, asking what you can do to help, such as bringing food or offering a call to notify others for them or arranging babysitting or play dates for other children that they may already have can be experienced as extremely supportive and, and maybe even finding a grieving group can be helpful to these folks. You know, uh, uh, um, there's a lot 
of, of experience around a miscarriage where people can share with each other and not feel the guilt and shame, but actually just comfort each other because they know what they need more than other people know what they need. You know, just talking about deaths can be uh, taboo in our culture, you know, and, and, but it's important to talk about death because what you're really doing is talking about life. And another thing that is helpful in a miscarriage, if you had plans for your baby and you lost them in a miscarriage, maybe go out and make some memories with each other to kind of show them what they what they would have experienced with you, meaning you do it for the baby. You don't do it for you, but you do it for each other and kind of share what you would have shared with, with, with the baby and don't delay those plans. Maybe you'll get some healing from that. I'm just guessing. You know, whatever makes the pain go away means you have to communicate. And you communicate, you don't isolate. You communicate, no shame. There's no guilt, no shame. And I know it's easy for me to say that. But the fact is, it's important for us to support each other. It's important for the person that's comforting not to offer reasons why it happened. That is the last thing that person needs. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk more about healing, about women, about faith, because a lot of people lose their faith after a miscarriage. And we're going to talk about multiple miscarriages. All right, take a break. Let's come back. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Listen for Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young. Her show topics cover creating lasting transformation in challenging environments and how creating change can have an impact on the success of individuals from a mind, body, and spirit perspective. It's going to be inspiring and uplifting each week. So tune in on Tuesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and also listen on the Voice America Business and Influencers Channels. Transformation takes one step at a time. It's time. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about miscarriages. You know, they're... They're really rough. They're just rough. It's it's 
especially when you can't explain why it happened. You know, whenever I talk to a woman who's grieving after a miscarriage, she will inevitably at some point tell me her story, often blaming herself. She'll either attribute the pregnancy to ending early entirely to a, a perceived wrongdoing in her life or throw guilt about something of her making into an already painful mix of feelings. You know, and I, I'm really not surprised when I hear this, nor do I see the phenomenon going away anytime soon. You know, despite miscarriage continuing to be most common adverse outcome of any pregnancy, affecting an estimated of about one in five to one in four, I suspect one in four pregnancies because uh, many people, uh, it, it happens early and they didn't even know they were pregnant. And uh, maybe they're in the bathroom or whatever, and all of a sudden, bang, something weird happens, and now they understand what happened. You know, it is most likely to happen without an expectant parent knowing why. And that's the big problem. You know, in a, in a rare, t- relatively rare case of investigations uh, uh, that, that most the, mostly yield inconclusive results whenever you look into uh, miscarriages, especially consecutive ones. You know, uh, uh, um, this is an often unconscious effort to fill an unbearable gap and allows for some sense of control. But, you know, people have the ability to think magically. And so what they often do is go into some conclusion that they can buy to make themselves feel okay to some degree. But then there's always a problem with what they buy because it may cause more problems in their life, or it may just be an delusional, you know, some people are afraid something's wrong with their body, so they won't have another pregnancy because they can't trust themselves. So they go into this weird place. And and it's sad. It's very sad to see people do that. You know, uh, I've listened to women describe their pregnancy ending way too early to a wide-ranging, sometimes really uh, heart-wrenching set of reasoning. You know, Standing too close to an oven, standing too close to a freezer, playing tennis on a hot day, feeling overly stressed, getting angry at a partner, having a fight with your partner the night before, you know, or eating something that you don't think you should have eaten or not eating enough. You know, I've heard women suspect their pregnancy ended because they harbored doubts and fears of being a mother or because pregnancy was unplanned to begin with. You know, I've heard men blame themselves in similar ways. But the tendency and, and the force of it plays out more uh, inside the once pregnant woman. You know, women can't escape the persistent, insistent cultural messages about how their bodies should look and be and how it is that we should treat them. You know, the fact is their body is recovering from the miscarriage, so they still often look pregnant or experience what you would experience being pregnant because their body and their mind don't always connect that something is, uh, that their mind often thinks that you're still pregnant and so it operates that way. And so women, you know, uh, are, are often instructed explicitly or implicitly of how to eat, drink, exercise, move, you know, pose, talk, walk, whatever it is while they're pregnant and we're judged Uh, These women are judged, you know, if they waver from the increasing demand of the norm. And it's fueled by social media, despite there's advocacy groups out there and there's bodies of people that gain voices. But those demands on how to behave with your body 
also play out while you're pregnant. And women receive various and mixed messages about what to eat, drink, do to, you know, to protect their unborn. And then if they have a miscarriage, they feel guilt and shame because they didn't follow the social norms of what other people told them to do. You know, this this makes people uh, very hard uh, feelings to, to want to be pregnant again. That there's a, there's a lot of self blame here, and, and of course there's there's another a psychological truth. Mothers have an innate drive to protect their children from any harm, and so when you have a miscarriage, inevitably you feel guilty and you feel weak and you feel that you have not protected your your child. And, and a woman in grief after a miscarriage suffers the loss of a potential yet also powerfully present child in her mind too. And it's just many others don't understand this child and recognize that the mother's real relationship with it because women often will conceive of how they will be as a mother in their childhood. And so that's another mixed signal that comes across. You know, where are the, the, the stories of women who both suffer and survive? Where are the perspectives and the advocacy of people in the mental health community who help with other losses in life? Loss and grief of loved ones, loss of a miscarriage, pets, jobs seem to receive recognition. But this ceases to be the case for pregnancy that end involuntarily and prematurely. You know, and, and, and so it's important to change the silence around miscarriages. And, and believe the the invisibility and the lack of open discussion about miscarriage is, is another way many women can be unfairly alone and muted and burdened, stigmatized for something that's not their fault. Unfortunately, we see this in, in a whole lot of areas of women's lives, including abuse, sexual assault, diabetes, mental health issues. And God forbid a person have any of that and also have a miscarriage. Because that can just rack them up entirely, both physically, mentally, and spiritually. You know, think about the last funeral you attended. Did you look forward to speaking to the family who lost their loved one? Or did you struggle to find the right words? So, so perhaps, you know, this naive to expect that discussing this aspect of a woman's loss would be any different or any easier. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the silence and, and the fear that, that, that of the sharing is so strong and, and so people you know have that and they carry that with them but they no longer belong uh, to the norm and that they're a failure and that they and that you know maybe God's gonna curse them or maybe this is something about their life or something about their character that is being uh, brought up to them that they have to face you know uh, the self-blame, the guilt, the fear, the fear about your physical safety, the fear about not being able to have children, uh, uh, anger, the shame, the disbelief, the sadness, anxiety, the confusion, and sometimes even relief. Sadly, however, any feeling is a normal reaction because there is no one right way to respond to a miscarriage. You know, personalizing your ritual to, to fit your beliefs, values, and culture will likely increase the positive impact it may have for you. Writing and reading a poem can help heal. You know, listening to a song, painting a picture, saying a prayer, you know, planting flower are examples of rituals that give you some sense of healing and strength. You have strengths. So what you have to do is you have to think about ways you've gone through difficult things in the past and see if these things, these strengths, 
and, and positive coping strategies work for this time in your life too. And hopefully they will. You know, identifying people you trust to open up to about miscarriages can be helpful. You know, initiating those discussions may be tough. I understand. And sometimes it can be helpful to let the person know, even before the conversations begin, what you're looking for from them so that they don't jump in and try to solve it for you. For example, maybe you just want them to listen or keep you company while you're trying to sort through your feelings. That's the best possible solution. You know, identifying someone you trust is very important, and there's no correct timeline for how long you are allowed to think about or have feelings about your miscarriages. It doesn't just magically go away. It will go away eventually, or not necessarily go away, but it will wane over time. And you may not be yourself, and and you may feel shame for your children who may have seen you be pregnant and then under, didn't understand how you lost the pregnancy. And that discussion with children can be extremely complicated. It's important for children to understand that these things do happen. And that, you know, we are all gifts. We are all miracles. We all, you know, are very precious. And that when these things happen, uh, unfortunately, when, when a person is pregnant, they're at their most vulnerable state of their life during that time. Now, look at faith. While the culture of awareness surrounding miscarriages and pregnancy loss is gaining some momentum, just a little, as people turn to social media, which is basically most of where this happens, to have conversations that are pretty clumsy, probably difficult uh, to, to, to understand. Uh, but, you know, if you're in a church foyer and then you're talking about something like a pregnancy loss, uh, it can impact a person's faith. It's huge. Many people experience a crisis of faith when tragedy hits, questions surface about God's role in their miscarriages and heartache. You know, uh, uh, um, a lot of women say, I, you know, I feel like I had a strong faith before I miscarried, but all of a sudden my doubts about God became debilitating. I felt abandoned. I felt angered. I felt betrayed. And I had so many questions and no, but no answers. And so, you know, that's kind of the things you hear from women like that, you know. Some people just say it's, it's, it's derailed their faith completely. If a loving God would allow this to happen, then, then, you know, screw him. I'm done with Christianity. This feels nothing like love. That, that's kind of things that, that women go through when they go through this process. You know, uh, if, if they've never had any experience of trauma before their miscarriages, uh, they may try to combine the, be- the belief that God was in control and that uh, uh, you had a miscarriage anyway, so the wheels started to fall off. You know, if, if we question God about it, does that mean that we lack faith? We, you know, will we disappoint him by admitting our anger? You know, you may be anchored to despair or confusion or anger or sorrow. You may be afraid of your faith won't measure up to the scrutiny of doubt or questions. Or even if you're in a a, a church where people will judge you, that's not helpful. That's not helpful at all. And and it's like, did it never happen in their life? You know, people can be that way. When When you get them as a pack of animals, if you have doctrines in your churches and people are gossipy, and rude and and 
you know, fairly stupid, what may happen is a, a woman could be just torn apart by a miscarriage. She may have been part of the, the group. She may have been really happy with a women's group or something. And all of a sudden she has a miscarriage and she's like, ooh, don't go near here because it may happen to me. You know, it, it's, 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 it's awkward. It's exhausting. And it can be really help, not helpful when, when people in a church don't just be there. Just be there. You know, pain, grief, suffering have a way of unearthing questions and doubts that we didn't even realize we had. But here's one thing that could be very important to understand. Miscarriages have happened since the beginning of man. They always happen. They've always been around. They've always happened. And here's the deal. How you grieve through this, how you get through this, since this society has tabooed so much discussion about miscarriage, this may be your testimony. Just like any character in the, any person in the Bible that had to go through trials, that's their testimony. This, in fact, may be your testimony to where you're able to reach out and help other women after you've gone through this and be there for them and provide the things that they need in their life. Your testimony may be the one thing they stand up against and lean on to help get through it. You know, uh, uh, God can handle your panic. God can handle your fear, your anger, even your, your crisis of faith. He can handle you being angry, yelling at him, hating him. He can do that. Your exposed grief doesn't repulse him. Your questions do not intimidate him. Your humanity doesn't threaten him. In fact, it could be the very thing that keeps you tethered to him because it helps us to see our desperate need for him. Now, I'm not trying to preach to you, but I have to tell you that, that, that if you have faith in God, of any kind of faith, you have to understand that God is good. The fact that the baby in, in, in your body is now lifeless doesn't mean that God isn't good. It points to the reality that our world has fallen in need of saving and that we're all flesh and bone. We are all vulnerable and when any of us could die at any moment. And, and this is the closest, if you've ever been to death, you know, you may not have seen God's goodness more clearly than at this point in your life. And you need to understand that that is where faith comes from. You know, it's, it's important. You know, our, our hope, our prayers, our faith isn't often in earthly things. You know, upon, upon hearing your, the news that you had a miscarriage, you know, maybe they'll, somebody's going to say there'll be more babies. While we appreciate that, that's minimizing your loss. The hope comes from our confidence in God's sovereignty, his character, his promises. That baby is in his hands. And you know what? Life is pretty painful. Life is pretty difficult. And the fact is, is that quite possibly the baby has been spared something their life that could have gone very, very wrong. And we don't know that. But, you know, we aren't immune to suffering. All of us hurt. All of us experience grief. But we're all in it together. And we need to be in it together. You know, we, we are made to suffer. We do suffer. Pain is a reminder that you're still alive. And it, the, the fact is, is that, you know, all the secret things that we feel, that we think, all the anxiety, all the frustration, and the miscarriage, the baby, they all belong to God. Everything. 
you know, it's not all for nothing. Maybe that pregnancy, that miscarriage is teaching you something about pregnancy that you need to know. Maybe it's a lesson in some way, but you've got to make it constructive. You know, if you're going to talk about death, you need to talk about life. You know, I often tell people that when someone dies, you don't talk about how they died. You talk about how they lived. The problem is with a miscarriage, you can't talk about how they lived because they haven't been on the outside world experiencing this world. But maybe we can still carry them with us through our life and do things for, for them that we would never do for ourselves. And maybe that's an important thing, you know? One day, you know, these things won't be remembered, but we'll be glad and rejoice forever with God. You know, miscarriage after miscarriage can be a really tough one. You know, pregnancy after miscarriage, you know, there's a lot you need to know. Uh, it can be stressful. It can be confusing. Uh, when, you know, when is the best time to get pregnant? What are the odds of miscarrying? You know, it's really important to get the facts. Um, you know, think about pregnancy after miscarriage. You might be anxious or confused about what caused your miscarriage and when to conceive again. But, you know, there's some help. You know, miscarriage is the spontaneous loss of pregnancy before the 20th week. Many miscarriages occur because the fetus isn't developing normal, normally. And, and so problems with the, with, like I said earlier, with the chromosomes are responsible for about 50% of early pregnancy loss. And many of those chromosome problems occur by chance as the embryo divides and grows. Although it becomes more common as women age, sometimes a health condition such as a poorly controlled diabetes or uterine problem might lead to it. Often, however, the cause of miscarriage really isn't known. About 8 to 20% of, of, of uh, like I said, it's usually, I, I think it's more. I think, honestly, I do think it's about 1 in 4. But the total number uh, is probably higher because many of these are lost early before anybody's ever recognized the pregnancy. And it's, it's, the truth is, the odds are that miscarriage is often just a one-time occurrence. And, and that's what we need to understand, that it, it, it does it just because you have one doesn't mean it's always going to be that way. All right, we're going to take another break, and we'll come back. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Do you wish you could avoid having difficult conversations with your kids about sex, relationships, and how to stay safe? Do you struggle with what and how much to say? You're not alone. Tune into Holistic Sex Ed Radio with host Robin LaCrosse for a fresh new perspective on sex education that goes beyond the birds and the bees. We gather together every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for conversations designed to improve your relationships, expand your knowledge, and give you the tools to help your kids make the most out of their lives. 
Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about miscarriage. And, you know, this thing is so important to talk about. It's just people just don't talk about it that much, and they don't know how to respond. You know, statistics are that it's still the same risk after one miscarriage there's still just about a 20% chance to have another one. So it's the same risk for people that have never had a miscarriage. So, you know, just because you have one doesn't mean it's going to happen again. You know, and the other thing is, if, if, if after two consecutive miscarriages, the risk of another miscarriage may increase to about statistically 28%. After three or more, it can go up to about 43%. But that's still not the majority. And you need to understand that that just because it happens doesn't mean you can't move forward with your life. It's not something that you need to take on as it's all your fault. It's your chromosomes. It may be the uterus. It may be health issues. But the bottom line is take care of yourself. Take care of yourself and don't uh, give up. The other thing is it's really a wise thing to wait a little bit of time for your body to heal after you have a miscarriage. Unfortunately, a lot of people can get pregnant almost immediately after having a baby and then resuming their sex life. But the deal is is that with a miscarriage, the body needs to heal. It's confused, and it may affect the next one. So you may want to wait a little bit of time to allow your body to heal before you get pregnant again. You know, it, it's, uh, a miscarriage uh, can also cause intense feelings of loss. It can also cause uh, a, a couple's sex life to go right down the trash um, because they feel guilt and shame together. They feel like they failed together. They feel the risk and the worry. So it help, It makes it brings a lot of anxiety into their 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 sex life. Uh, it brings a lot of fear because something has died between them. Uh, a, a child has died, a baby. And so that can cause a lot of sense of failure as a couple. And people also have to heal that way. You know, you and your partner might also experience sadness and anxiety and guilt, but don't rush it. Don't rush it. And typically, you know, they say don't have sex for about two weeks after a miscarriage just, just to prevent an infection because that can happen. And you can also ovulate and become pregnant as soon as two weeks after a miscarriage. And so bottom line is, is, you know, you're pretty fertile right after that. And the deal is it, you may not, your body may not be up for it though. So you need to think about that. Once you feel emotionally, physically ready for a pregnancy after a miscarriage, 
you know, talk to your doctor, ask for some guidance. After one miscarriage, there might be no need to wait. But after two or more miscarriages, your health care provider might recommend some kind of testing. So you can have answers. So you don't give up. You know, uh, there, there's also, uh, there's some special tests that are recommended before attempting pregnancy after a miscarriage. You know, if you experience two or more miscarriages, your doctor might recommend some testing like blood tests, which is a sample of your blood, and it's evaluated to help detect problems with hormones or immune system. And then there's the chromosomal tests. You and your partner might both have your blood tested to determine if your chromosomes are a factor. You know, tissue from a miscarriage, if it's available, may also be tested. Also, an ultrasound. That's another thing that you can, you can have. And, and that uses high-frequency sound waves to produce precise images of structures within your body. And so your doctor places the ultrasound device over your admin, admin, ab, abdomen, sorry about that, and um, also inside your vagina to, to obtain images of your uterus. And if an ultrasound might identify uteral problems, such as uh, fibroids, you know, uh, uh, also there's a, a hysterocopy and the doctor inserts a thin uh, lighted instrument uh, called a hestrioscope through your cervix and into your uterus to diagnose and treat identified problems. And so there's there's all kinds of even MRIs, uh, uh, magnetic re uh, resonance imaging. Uh, it can be used to create a magnetic field and radio waves to, to create a whole lot of images of your uterus to find out if anything is wrong in there. You know, and there's a lot that, that can be done to improve chances of pregnancy. Often there's nothing you could do to prevent a miscarriage. However, making healthy lifestyle choices is important for you and your baby. Take, take a prenatal vitamin, folic acid supplement, you know, uh, um, months before you conceive. During pregnancy, limit your caffeine, avoid drinking alcohol, smoking, using illicit drugs. These are all common sense, but the deal is, is that people do that. People use these things during pregnancy. And yes, there are outcomes with it. Is it the main reason why it happened? Who knows? Who knows? But there, there could be uh, things that, in, that it's influencing that causes a miscarriage. You know, you know once you be get, get pregnant after a miscarriage, you know, you're likely to feel joyful. And then you also feel anxious. So uh, while becoming pregnant again may be a healing experience, anxiety and depression could continue after the birth of a healthy child and the guilt and shame of this is what this is the, this baby is just like the other baby that I lost and then grieving may kick back in again so once again talk about your feelings allow yourself to experience them fully turn to people who will just be there for you not solve things for you if you're having trouble coping you may consult a counselor for extra support. That's what we do, you know? So if a depression kicks in, reoccurring pregnancy loss or reoccurring miscarriage is characterized, you know, three or more uh, consecutive pregnancy losses prior to 20 weeks uh, from the last menstrual period. Spontaneous pregnancy loss has been estimated to be prevalent in approximately 15% of clinically diagnosed pregnancies. And so that's something we under, have, have to understand. But uh, uh, if, if your pregnancy ended very early, 
you, you may feel more sadness than you ever thought possible because people that miscarriage, their hormones are racked up. And if depression is a part of your genetic makeup, guess what, folks? Depression may kick in at that time because your body's completely out of whack and you're grieving a loss of someone you are hoping to bring into this life and take care of. And that's the whole thing that we do with children is we take care of them. And so that's the deal is that we didn't take care of them. And that's where the guilt and shame comes from. A lot of it. You know, the emotional impact and loss often takes longer to heal than the physical. Uh, you know, it's just there. So have to ask yourself questions. Did I cause it? Some women worry they did something. But don't blame yourself. This is something that happened to you, not something you did. Most miscarriages happen because the pregnancy was not normal. Um, you know, can I get pregnant after a miscarriage? That's another question that people ask. At least 85% of women who have had miscarriages go on to have normal pregnancies and births. Repeated pregnancy losses are rare and compromise, uh, uh, comprise only about 1% to 2% of women. Even still, three out of every four women who've had unexplained uh, recurrent miscarriages go on to have healthy babies. There's hope. You know, how long do I have to wait before I can try to have a baby again? Well, <laughs> you know, depends on your, your situation. You can get those tests that we talked about earlier to see if there's anything wrong. And that may give you some sense of comfort and understanding. You know, a lot of people wonder if they're ever going to feel better. But recovery after miscarriages involves a lot of emotional and physical healing, especially emotional. And, and, and what can you do to cope with it? Well, you know, try some things. Give your body and mind time to heal. Time is often the best healer. You know, get back to exercising. Get back to taking care of yourself. You know, let yourself grieve. Don't just try to control it. Let, let yourself feel. And, and if you do that and stop trying to control it and stop trying to feed it, like saying, okay, I lost the baby. Oh, I could have done this with the baby. I could have done that. You're adding minutes and minutes of emotions onto each other until they're a tidal wave. There is no logic to emotion. Emote. That's what grieving is. Allow your brain to release the stress and emote. But don't have to have a logical reason why you're emoting. Just emote. And if you do that, it will dissipate. If you keep feeding it with logic of why did this happen, what did, you know, guilt and shame and God and it's this fault and it's my husband's fault and it's everybody's fault. Is that fight when you have to label the blame, you're basically adding a lot of minutes to your grieving process as it's happening. You know, take care of yourself. You know, if you've been through a traumatic loss, life has to go on. Try to stick to a regular sleep schedule, eat well, have a good weight, uh, but, you know, limit your caffeine, avoid alcohol, don't smoke, but do something active. Cardio is the, ba the best healer to the brain. You know, 20 minutes of a brisk walk, 20 minutes is 60% of a mild antidepressant. So guess what? If you don't want to take a antidepressant, do cardio, but you have to do it every day of your life. And the brain, which is a muscle, gets the maximum out of a workout, a cardio workout. The other thing is to seek support. Seek support from other people you can share your feelings with, you know, and, and commemorate your baby. It can be tough to move on. 
but have a, have a ceremony to say goodbye, you know, write a farewell letter, you know, create a special garden for them, get a special piece of jewelry with a birthstone, whatever it is, you know, do something for yourself, you know, you know, do something, maybe create a, a walk or something like that where other people can, can, uh, uh, donate money, uh, for ba- people that experience miscarriages and the loss. You know, it can be devastating. So it changes your hopes and dreams of the future because it's something that is unnatural to your life, even though it is a natural event to mankind. You know, um, you know, ex- expectant people, you know, you need to choose to let nature take its course. Wait until the pregnancy is is naturally expelled. Wait out uh, a missed or incomplete miscarriage can take anywhere from a few days to some cases three or four weeks, but you need to let your body heal and get yourself back into your menstrual process and understand there's going to be anxiety, depression, and grieving. That's just the way it is. It's okay, and everybody's got to be good with that. You know, bleeding and cramping are already heavy, and a miscarriage is probably already, if it's underway, in that case, allowing it to progress naturally may be preferred to, to having the baby removed, you know, a DNC. So, you know, looking at yourself in the physical state, you need to really consult with your doctor about what's going on, especially if you're feeling that something isn't right. Go head on into it. Head on. You know your body better than anybody. If you have a sense that something's wrong, check with your doctor. Check with your doctor. That's important. You know, you don't ignore a heart attack. You know, the deal is you you need to take care of it. Whenever a pregnancy loss happens, you're likely to experience a lot of feelings. There's there's guilt, there's shame, there's there's um, denial, there's acceptance, depression. These are all a part of it, and they come like a tidal wave. You know, coping with with grief is going to come with some sense of anger, some sense of guilt. Some sense of shock and denial in the beginning, some depression, and then hopefully acceptance, not trying to control it and understanding that it's just the nature of life that these things do happen. You know, turn to people you love, turn to people you trust who do not try to control you or problem solve. That's the big deal because those people will do you a lot of harm if they try to solve why you had a miscarriage. That's our show. I'd, I'd love to hear from you. You can do that through our webpage on voiceamerica.com, the empowerment channel, Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Now remember, 90% of parenting is thinking about when you can lie down again. Also remember, parenthood is clean your house for two hours, watch your children destroy it, repeat for 20 years. <laughs> especially in my house. And then the last one, a quiet toddler scares mothers more than any other unnatural event. Thanks for listening. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you.